0: Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Malossol. Welcome to the Twila After Show podcast. With me, Kristen Oaks White, Carl Wiggers, Brian Hendrickson. We have a new intern in our department, Chandler Head Hegwood. Hegwood.
1: That's I got it right. This time. Nailed it. We, he doesn't have a microphone though, so we just we can Say talk. Hi We're going to talk about him. Say hi. it has got to scream it. Hi. There, there it is. There it is. <laughs>
0: Deep voice there. Welcome yeah, to this after-show podcast, and uh, we've got some stories here. Where I guess we should give ourselves some kind of kudos because we are, you know, consistent now with this podcast. Hey, this We're, is a
1: few episodes in a row yeah. now. I'm yeah. pretty
0: impressed with ourselves. I, I am too. Pat on the back. It's it's just all the scheduling we finally got. in It's our, really our because Kristen's been behind
1: more. it. She's been pushing it. Like we've got. I was about to, to say, more you're of proud podcasts. of yourself
2: is what you want to say. I'm not it. proud of. A, <laughs> mm-hmm. You're the one who wants podcast. Neil week. said
1: this. No, Neil said it. I didn't say
0: it. I didn't say it. You said it. Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. I should say that. We're, we've got it next Tuesday. So coming up here very close, and all the big parades are coming up this weekend. Favorite favorite King Cakes. Favorite King Cakes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I like the original cinnamon ones. This one that you brought in, the strawberry cream cheese King cake. I love cream cheese filling in King Cake. It's just so good. And the flavored ones. I like uh, there's a peach one that I like. And um, now the one I've been wanting to try that I haven't been able to do it are the boudin king cakes. I've, I've seen that they're really good.
1: That yeah. seems really odd to me, but I've seen it. Lately. It's not a sweet, but it, I'd,
0: yeah. I'd love to try it nonetheless.
1: Kristen's ordered about 10 or 12 of them from different places in, in the state. Kristen, what's uh, your favorite? You're the you're the queen of them.
2: Oh, the that one is that Carl brought. That mm-hmm. one we're
1: talking about is from Oak Point yeah. in Central. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: give them some props because that's, of all the ones I've had, that is, might be one of the best.
1: I've I've bought probably more King Cakes this year from there Look. than ever before. I've never been a King Cake guy until mm-hmm. I moved to Central and now it this place just happens to be right down the road from me, and I get them all the time. It's, it's a problem. Don't, Don't real sleep problem. on
0: gr- grocery store king cakes. The yeah. ones here, High Neighbor, uh, that we mm-hmm. get are really good, too. They're, they're pretty close to those. Yeah. And
2: Randazzo's mm-hmm. is, it, like, just for a traditional mm-hmm. king cake, no filling, nothing special. Those are always really good. Yeah. And they do, I think I like those so much because our neighbor that lived across the street from us in Natchez, mm-hmm. every year for Christmas would give us a candy cane king cake. Like, like as a Christmas wow. gift because Randazzo's does, she's from um Slidell mm. and so it, it's a treat because nobody has king cakes at that time and you've been almost a year without them so yep. it's
1: the first king that, cake is yes. always the best king cake yes. candy
0: cane king cake that sounds awesome
1: mm. Oak Point put some out that yeah. I went to the grocery store um, right after Christmas I was going to mm. grab um my wife wasn't feeling well so I went and got her uh, trying to get her some, some kind of a happy and a, like some just some, and I looked in there and they had mm-hmm. king cakes on the t- uh, tables. At I think it was the twenty seventh of December and I was like, "Uh, yes, please." Yeah. Yes, please. And wow. that thing went quick. Well, it was. It's early this
0: year. It's March second. Yeah. As the I mean, it's an early season. And uh, so that's yeah. I the other problem is is that so many of these New Orleans bakeries ship king cakes now that it's hard to get your hands on a lot of them.
2: I ordered one from Randez. She's just- the reason. Yeah. well i don't I don't
0: think there's anything no. wrong with it it's just that you know if you want to go to the bakery and wait in line or wait for them to do it or you can go to you know fresh market or high neighbor or wherever and get one that's you know pretty close it's you know for for us for the people around here it's it's probably easier
1: mm-hmm. we had to talk about it because it's sitting there staring at us mm-hmm. uh, i had a what, piece earlier and it's kneels within arm's reach so that's why that's why it's Listener, for all the it? all the listeners out there, that's why it's on our mind. Neil, tell us about your story this week. You you got the lead story in the show and once again because uh, you're important. I, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think so. It's
2: <laughs> it is. Yes, it wasn't, you do. It really? Wasn't really <laughs> no, oh, come on. Oh, yes, you do.
0: You're speaking of New mm-hmm. Orleans with all these king cakes. there's a segue for you. Thank you. And it is in New Orleans. It's in the ninth ward. And there's this organization called Sankofa. I found out I need to give credit to Amy Robertson and NRCS and um, because she was the one who originally uh, got me the information on this. Rashida Ferdinand is president and CEO of Sankofa in NOLA, Sankofa NOLA. Sankofa, by the way, is a bird. It comes from Ghana and that's a legend about it that it. takes a its egg off its back or it puts an egg on its back to protect it. And so it's this symbol of rejuvenation and hope. And so hmm. uh, they're using that. And you can see it in the symbol. That for sounds No, Nola. She is just a force to be reckoned with. She's taken on all of these projects. And I mean, when you think about the, the problems that the Ninth Ward faces, you would think it would need some monumental effort. Well, that's what she's doing. And she's got Urban gardens. She's got more than one plan. She's got one right now that's that's up and functional, but she has plans for more. So they're growing all kinds of vegetables. They've got a fresh market there that had been up and running. It's right there at the bridge uh, when you cross the industrial canal for, on the Saint Claude. It's right there at the foot of going it. into the, lo- lower the lower Ninth Ward. Lower Ninth Ward. Got gotcha. And um, that's being uh, it's it was just kind of an open air market. They're going to put a permanent structure there with classrooms on it, with uh, a kitchen in it, and with a market where people can go and buy the stuff. But they can also bring in kids to and adults to learn how to cook and use all of these vegetables and use and, the
1: fresh stuff they're growing right exactly. there. Exactly.
0: And then the third project she's she, they're working on is this Wetlands Park. It's right there on the northern border of the Ninth Ward. It runs along Florida Avenue up there. It's 40 acres And it was this overgrown area full of Chinese tallow trees. They've removed more than a thousand of Mm. them now. They're still working to do the rest. They ground them up and use the mulch to make trails through there and then use some of the branches to mark those trails they have replanted with all Cypress, Tupelo, native species. They've got Louisiana iris. They've planted along all the water features. They created an island in the little water canal that they've got there that's just full of birds that are landing on this stuff. And they're going to have greenhouses there and honey. uh, They're going to have beehives there to make honey. They're doing outdoor classrooms there. (laughs) I mean, it's just this fantastic facility that's bringing Agriculture literally into the heart of urban New Orleans and the stuff that is still—I mean, there are still blighted houses from Katrina there. Mm. There are still, you know, issues there. And there recently it made the headlines because Brad Pitt's organization that came in afterwards and built all these houses. A lot of these houses are now falling apart, and there's a blame game, and there's, you know, who should do it. The difference, I think, is that—I uh, mean, Rashida grew up there. Her dad was grew up two blocks from that wetland park area. Mm. Um, she's from that area. The people who are working there are from that area. I just ran into a person as I was leaving the park who was coming in to maintain it and the pride he expressed in being able to do it. And he says, well, we're trying, we're trying to do it. And I was blown away by it. I mean, it is it is a beautiful park.
1: What's, what So this 40 acres, what mm-hmm. was it before it, it had gotten so grown up? Like, what is
0: that space? Apparently it was, I mean, it was being utilized for some type of either Housing, or they were doing some, they had some businesses there, um, but it wasn't much. It, it was, and, and you see it now, especially after Katrina, many of the lots there are just overgrown or, um, open grass or something like that. Hmm. But, uh, this was a, a contiguous area along that thing. And there's a levee and a railroad tracks, and then right on the other side is water. So, you know, or marshlands and that sort of thing. So, um, It will serve as a retention area for water for water there, and it can serve as a barrier for future storms. And if especially if they start getting more and more um, wildlife there, then they start doing some of these projects to rebuild the wetlands, then it'll help just insulate that area even Mm -hmm. further.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I would never think of. Just from what you see in the news about the Lower Ninth Ward and just all you see is crime and, right. you know, all you think of is post-Katrina, like right. the mayhem that it was. Yes. But to think of like fresh markets and community gardens and this, out, this wildlife area is like, what? Right. Would then, never think
0: that. The day before I went out there, Billy Nungesser had come down and they'd recognized it as one of the Main Street projects from the state and they're, they're getting some funding, but it's just not making the news, you know, and here's a person who is bringing all this positive stuff and she's just not getting the attention. And and I think that's a big part of the problem there is that, I mean, if it were a complete war zone, nobody would live there. But people do live there and they thrive there and there's, you know, communities and families and uh, ch- children in the streets. And so, you know. It's. I think it's. I think it's a really important project that I hope gets a lot more attention, so that people can start investing their time and efforts into that sort of thing. In that wetland park, for instance, they had a like a ladybug tic tac toe. It was like ladybug versus bees, you know. And it's. I mean, it, there's kids kid oriented activities there. There's signs everywhere that have information. You'll see it in the package about uh, gators and native species and mm-hmm. all the things that you can possibly see there. So I'm. I mean, so from, it's a classroom. Right. That's wild. It's an outdoor
1: classroom. That's wild. Ha ha. Ha ha. 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 Avery's not here. Somebody's got to do the dad jokes. Corny jokes. Please yeah. don't. Oh, my gosh. Be nice. Uh, Kristen can tell you why it's not in the news. Y'all talked about it on set. Right. The The old saying in journalism, if it bleeds,
0: it leads. And, you know, as Kristen said.
2: I mean, good news just is not a high selling point
3: usually. Right. And especially yeah. nowadays, I feel like so. Yeah. Good to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you did the story. I, I mean, I I can't wait. I want to go visit this place this yeah. summer because it just seems so seems so foreign. So,
3: can my question is: Is can you go pet the alligators? Can you? Yeah. Is there, <laughs> I'm still stuck on this. I want to see an alligator.
0: I mean, there's nothing stopping anyone from petting an alligator. Okay, there may be some consequences, but <laughs> yeah. you know, just make sure uh, we have your, have the cameras rolling. I will. I will. I didn't see anywhere when I was out there. It's still a little chilly, I think, for it. But I mean. Um, alligators and people do exist side by side, they're not crocodiles, so they're not, you know, uh, until they get over a certain size, they really don't mess with people at all.
3: Perfect,
1: yeah. Brie, Brie, (laughs) this has come up a few times in podcasts. You clearly (laughs) just need to go do an alligator story, so yeah, maybe you can go take Neil with you. Yeah,
3: (laughs) he's
2: an
0: alligator tamer,
1: alligator girlfriend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. well, let's talk about my story, Neil. Okay, enough about you and your stories. Yes, my story ego. (laughs) <laughs> While you went to New Orleans and really roughed it for the bureau, I went downstairs to the, the Louisiana Farm Bureau boardroom. Woo. I know long journey, <laughs> but um, it was actually it typically is a long journey for the story I did. So you've gone on this trip every year. The Louisiana Farm Bureau of Young Farmers and Ranchers goes to a, a group of them, four or five, ten, head to D.C. to go to Capitol Hill and and lobby. On their behalf, their own behalf, um, telling their stories to their congressmen, congresswomen, senators, their staff. Um, And just with the way things were this year, uh, COVID restrictions still in place, some restrictions based on like security and stuff like that. They're just it wasn't really feasible to make the trip this year. So they decided to do it kind of a hybrid event this year. Um, So they did it here at the state office here in Baton Rouge. And. Did some Zoom meetings, some uh, in-person. Congressman Garrett Graves was here in person. uh, And the group went to Senator Bill Cassidy's office downtown. But it was a really, uh, me and Andy Brown were talking about it, the Legislative Affairs, uh, not Legislative Affairs, National Affairs Coordinator for Farm Bureau. And he, I was like, man, this was really efficient. Because, I mean, they they had a schedule and all the technology was working. And by this point, Everybody knows how to use a Zoom meeting and we've we've found ways to really utilize it. Um, And the young farmers were able to meet with uh, folks from American Farm Bureau to talk policy and changes happening there. A lot of the stuff we would do in person in a trip. Mm -hmm. um, It's
2: basically the same result.
1: And the same result. And and without. Without nearly the cost, yeah. you know, and so this um, could be a
2: blueprint for the future.
1: Well, I really
0: hope it is. I mean, I, I know people are excited about getting back to in-person meetings mm-hmm. and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think that it's useful there. But I don't know why we would just say, well, that was just part of the pandemic and we're never going to use that mm-hmm. again. I mean, why not have that flexibility, Why, not, especially for budgetary reasons, for you know, bringing people all across the country. I mean, why not have mm-hmm. that,
2: that? And you can get a whole lot more people, wife and are wise. Yeah. Right. People in can, on it.
1: It's a little bit easier barrier of entry than, yeah. than cutting out four or five days of your away from the farm well, I mean, to go to D.C. Every one of those
0: trips, two days is are travel days. Mm-hmm. So you're cutting two days out of your life every year just to get from mm-hmm. one place to the other. I
1: will say, I think there's value to walk in the halls no doubt. And, and experiencing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's nice I think it's great for farmers to be able to leave their comfort zone mm-hmm. and step into the the, the office or, or, you know, the meeting space with these legislators on their turf mm-hmm. uh, to bring our stories from their farms, you know, to them. I think that I think there's value to that also. But I definitely think it. I agree. I think they made some great lemonade um, out of mm-hmm. some some lemons. They were dealt with just restrictions and things. But it was an awesome event. Um, and he does a fantastic and, job. And it was thrown together pretty quickly and I think done very well. Congressman Garrett Graves was here in person and he was featured in my story, but he was he was talking about the value of getting these stories firsthand from these farmers, You know, like the Vales, for instance, who've been through so much hell over mm-hmm. the past couple of years with Hurricane Laura um, and just personal struggles. I mean, their, their house still isn't habitable.
0: And it's really important because the Vales are not in Graves District. But right. Graves votes on national issues. When they get to hear what's going on, then they they may be more sympathetic and get those votes to, you know, help mm-hmm. people who are not in their district, but is good from a national interest or a Louisiana interest point of view. Right. But it's
2: not something that hasn't affected his area because right, I mean his area a few years ago, mm-hmm. the freak flood that was not related to a hurricane. Right. So he's very familiar yeah. with and and I did this last year. year. Yeah. yeah.
1: He 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 spoke, he was he said, Man it's the most frustrating thing I can't, I'm not going to, it's not gonna be a direct quote, but he said, it's the most frustrating thing to sit in, in my desk from my shoes and watch, see this money appropriated and sitting in a bank account and then meeting someone like the veils that have this need and the connection being missed between the two. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, he he said that it's so valuable to have those stories, those personal stories, those personal names that he can say, Danielle mm-hmm. and Brandon, that's two people. Right. That, that, that's two people right there that are hurting because we can't do our job as government. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's that value that that these kind of meetings, this kind of event, can have that 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 impact. So it was it was great to to hear him say that, and for him to and for him to also be able to report back to the young farmers of like here are some things that we're working on to help you with yeah. this. And you know it was I I just loved it. It was. Not quite the same as going to D.C. That's what Farm Bureau does. And, and it's important point there is that when that
0: money, when he goes back and makes sure that money gets unlocked for people like the Vales, it gets unlocked for everybody in that area, whether they're Farm Bureau members or not. So Farm Bureau is doing the work. So that's why it's so important to spend that thirty five dollars a year, forty dollars mm. a year to be Farm Bureau member. I want to do talk <laughs> about a Farm Bureau program and that is the one that Brianne went to, and you weren't there the whole time. But that's kind of part of the story, isn't it?
3: Yes. Um. So <laughs> it was. It was uh, a three day event. Grain Bend safety. Um. And coming from Indiana originally, that's in the uh, corn belt, so we hear of them often, not like we want to. Um. And Purdue actually runs the whole report and research for that program. Um. And. I, I went to Winsboro late at night. Um, <laughs> Not late. It it, was, it past, was dark. Yes, it was dark past my bedtime for me. Um, And they only got to what they call sink one person in before the firefighters got called out. <laughs> and huh? They were trying to get the person out and they got called. So it kind of got cut short. But the, I mean, they got to see how the the whole tubing system worked and that kind of thing. So that was... They understand that part, so that was the good.
1: <laughs> the training still happened; they yes. just had to cut it a little bit short for yes. the actual emergency. Yeah. <laughs> what What did you think? Did, I mean, have you been to one of those? I have workshops not, before? No,
3: and I, I've never seen like a tube being used or anything. I've heard of them, but it was it was very fascinating on how somebody came up with that. I mean, somebody had to think of that, and it worked so flawlessly, and. I mean, they only had two people in the the silo with the guy digging a mountain. I mean,
1: essentially, two people can rescue one. Yes, with yes. all the right tools. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. I remember when I, I wasn't around, but Kristen, you probably went to some of these early ones. You, I, I know, I know you've been to some that I've been to also. But this, I remember when there were only a handful of these rescue tubes in the state, right? Like, yeah, that was yeah, still I don't pretty know. early. Mm-hmm. Early on, we started doing these events probably seven years ago. I think Wendell we had to said. apply for
2: a grant to to be able to get one.
1: But since now, like multiple farm bureaus have bought multiple of these. Uh, yeah,
2: there should. I mean, there are certain certain areas like along the delta. Mm-hmm. I mean, every fire station I think should probably have one. Though. Yeah, I
1: agree. It's really it's really cool, and and it's nice that they get hands on experience that's not an actual emergency to be able to put these things together and walk through the steps.
0: The important point here is about the tube and it's a specialized piece of equipment and it's counterintuitive because your instinct is to go in there and try and pull that person out. Mm. But the problem is, is that a, the, when you have that much grain, it begins to act like a liquid. It literally kind of like flows downward and can suck people, you know, downward. And then the weight of it, you don't realize just how, I mean, because you think of a kernel of grain as not that much, but combined, it has a huge amount of weight and a huge amount, and particularly then because when it goes in the grain bin, they're often going in there to dry. So it's still got a high moisture content. So it weighs more than normal and so all of that together is creates a very difficult situation. What the tube does is it isolates the person around it and creates a, a pressure differential. So it it you're only dealing with the weight of it around the person. And so then it becomes easier to, to pull that person out without it. I mean, firefighters, big, as strong as they are, can't pull people, you know, buried neck deep in there. You talk about the weight.
1: One thing they talk about, I'm sure they showed in that, uh. The, the workshop is when someone jumps into that corn, mm-hmm. it displaces Magnifies and a magnets like it's mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's a 200 pound man jumps in, but it feels probably like a few hundred pounds. Well, right. and
3: that's what they were saying, you know, make sure you keep they had just like some old crates just mm-hmm. laying around so they could step on. They were like, you know, sometimes you want to throw that stuff away, but think, keep them by your silos. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, it's 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 so it's wild to think about like some of the practical things that they cover that I can imagine in an emergency where that you're actually in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's the farthest from your mind is taking all those proper steps. But have you ever been to one, Neil? Have you ever been? I haven't. Have no. you ever been sunk? I haven't, but uh,
0: it it looks, uh, it looks an Avery did. And he said he knew like when it got up to his knees, he was, he knew he was stuck mm-hmm. so much less up to your waist yeah. or chest or neck. It's a, it's a trippy feeling.
2: Be a terrible way to die.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: okay. And and they have. I mean, we've had two or three rescues in the state, actual emergencies. I don't, I don't
1: know the numbers, but I know we've had at least at least some yeah. that have been successful. There I was, know we've had some fatalities also. Which there's is, been one in the last year where they had yeah. a rescue. And yeah. so I think I was back um, in, in Franklin Parish, I believe. Yeah. So where I'm pointing to Bree, like like she knows <laughs> just point this. To yourself. I'm pointing to yeah. Bree because that's where she was. Mm-hmm. So that's why I brought that up. Franklin Parish is a pretty cool place. If anybody's ever ever looking for a cool cool place to go visit, you know,
3: said no one ever.
1: Whoa <laughs> whoa! It,
3: it was not as good as you're talking about.
1: All right, it's home. You better wow. leave my home alone. Wow, it's just
3: too easy.
2: No, just
1: mean. Y'all are you just open mean. the door <laughs> well, now. Can I, I segue? Allow you You'll segue. allow me to segue. Mm-hmm. So back to what we were saying about the, uh, the DC zoom in that we call it, we're calling it where all the young farmers, we actually had a great long podcast where we kind of went into great detail about you talking about, you said something about the $35 mm-hmm. membership. Right. Pays for that representation, but also yeah. Vincent went into great detail about the value of being a member and having that, that, that participation, which was just huge to hear him saying, because, us as staff can say it all day long like, yes, but someone could say, Yeah, but that's paying your salary. But for Vincent as a farmer mm-hmm. to be able to say, No, this is value I get as a farmer to be a part of the organization, to have myself represented, my my neighbors, my family being represented, it was it was really cool. So we talked about that a lot on the podcast. So I just wanted to give it a plug because a lot of times our grassroots government podcast is me and Avery and Andy and Joe sitting around talking about things happening in the capital. In this particular episode, we had a, a farmer talk about the value he gets from it. And I thought that was just something worth uh, promoting. So I Absolutely. just wanted to make sure I didn't move past it too much.
3: It was, I, I sat in my office and kind of listened. It was very interesting to hear everybody's side of story. And I mean, it was eye opening for me just to hear it all. So,
1: well, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Definitely listen to it. Look at it. She's being nice. Mm-hmm. She can be nice. We
3: can delete this, that little bit.
1: We'll <laughs> I'm not editing that, that out. I'm going I'm to save that and say, mm-hmm. oh, she is nice sometimes to me. Mm-hmm. Kristen,
0: what's the boost about this week? Yeah, we have a celebrity bull, as I understand it.
2: It's pretty awesome. And it's even more awesome that it, the bull was raised, born and raised in Louisiana. Yeah. But I found it on Facebook and I saved it. It's this story about this bull who has a social media following. It's called Spud the Bull. And a long story short, a girl was a student at Louisiana Tech, took a class where she raised this bull as a calf and fell in love with the bull and moved him home to Illinois with her. And she has a TikTok account and Instagram account for this bull who has an infatuation with rubber balls and she buys him. She's bought him at least four or five of them. I knew exactly when I saw the video, this is why I clicked on it and watched the whole thing because my very first bull that I showed Mm -hmm. growing up, we, we would buy the rubber, you know, like bouncy balls Mm -hmm. to give him and he would pop them and he'd go buy a new one. And this, that's the saga with this Spud the bull is like that. he, She finally found one that he cannot pop. Hmm.
1: What's the what's the I guess connection to these balls and these big yoga balls? You know, I, I mean, sh-
3: I have a lot of big animals. Because I think of like yeah. horses. We'll give them to horses. There's horse like balls. It's like, just a way for them, 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 like yeah, yeah. Like, it's just yes. something to play with. the sensory. It's a sensory kind Cause
2: of thing. If they get if they're in a small space or the the one that we had, they will they, if they don't have something to occupy their time. They get bored and they start tearing stuff up. Ah. So, it's like... I'll give, give them the
3: $15 ball
1: better, <laughs> to save the $200 gate. Yeah, yeah, or he,
2: he could tear up your gate, or, yeah. Gotcha. So, so I think that
1: but it's it been so long. Yeah.
2: Oh, they're hilarious, I'm telling <laughs> you. And the, he's got... Yesterday, had 98,000 followers on Instagram. When I just looked at it a minute ago, it's up to 103,000.
3: <laughs> so... It's a popular little guy.
1: Yeah, it is pretty. He's it's cute pretty. too.
3: I know I'm not supposed to say animals are cute.
1: <laughs> Why can't you? Yeah.
3: That's a livestock thing. I think I, from a very young age, I got told if your animal's cute, that's you're in it for the wrong reason.
1: Mm. Interesting.
3: So, she. It's funny because she.
2: Well, there's the Louisiana connection because there's snow on the ground right now in Illinois, and she's she puts videos up. She's like, I'm mad that. I was raised in warm Louisiana, and now I'm living here. Mm-hmm.
1: So she like everything is from the bull's perspective. Oh yeah, she she
2: does a really good job of of telling history. being creative.
1: Yeah, sounds That's like great. I'm on it. I'm gonna get on this like find this dark rabbit hole of just getting stuck in this. Uh, You're gonna spud get the on the
3: livestock side of TikTok.
1: Is that a big? Is that a big? There a big livestock oh. game out there in the TikTok world? Yeah, horses. Can't. Horses,
3: horses, horses.
1: Oh, the I don't baby, have TikToks, but uh, you
3: know, a couple of them are starting to fall out, so you see the little baby.
1: The TikToks, the TikToks, the Ticks.
3: Do you have TikTok?
2: Please oh, tell me you for don't. Sure,
1: Neil I is don't. on TikTok. Okay, thank you. You're all over TikTok, Neil. Can Sorry. you explain to me, Bree? You're the you it, the.
2: It's coming to find you though, because they it put it on Instagram, and that's where I Facebook see em. Now. I, Yeah,
0: I see them all. I, I I'm I am on Instagram, and I see the. See that, and I just don't understand. And and I'm gonna do the old man thing. <laughs> you've got the reels on Facebook, and you've got Instagram reels. So why do you need TikTok? What's the? I was about to ask Bria exactly that. Right? Like, what? Come wh- on, tell wh- us. Why Why do I need to get on TikTok? To Is it just that the young kids are on it, like they used to be on Facebook, and now it's all old people?
3: Yeah, somewhat. Sorry, I heard so you say. So we're not invited.
1: <laughs> is that what you're saying?
3: You're not. Um Whoa. Neil, you are more than welcome to Thank come you. join that side. Kristen, I, I know that you're on it, I'm assuming. I know that you have I one. I don't have a TikTok. I will not sign up for it yet.
1: See, I'm not on Twitter. Either. So
3: am I the only one that has a TikTok?
1: I have one, but I don't know, what, I don't know how I'm it works. I'm telling you, it's like a generational there. divide. <gasps> there really is.
3: It is. It That's is. why I was asking
1: because I'm legitimately curious. I think
3: no, you, I get, mean, you
0: can get so paid on TikTok, too. You yeah. can
3: get paid on TikTok, and you're starting to see it come on Instagram some. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has everything. Yeah, it has every. It's thirty seconds. I mean, now you can get it up to three minutes. I can get the news in thirty seconds instead of having. So, are to, people
1: using it for more than just like dances and stuff? Mm-hmm.
3: Cooking dances, history. I mean, makeup. I love, I can do makeup. Oh yeah, makeup. Um, news. Everything. I mean, every so are you saying that day. we
1: need to be in the TikTok game?
3: Which shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> humble um, <laughs> try to be
1: hashtag humble hashtag humble um
3: last week for ffa I actually made them we a have TikTok. our first tiktok yes yes mm-hmm. what's our tic-
1: we You're a- the tiktok we have the tiktok yes, now. we have a tiktok i'm
3: trying to get our tiktok following up there um but since ffa took over and they kind of were doing their own little TikToks, so I was like oh it's our time to too. shine Oh, yeah, they are big. T-
1: t- they're they're into it. They know all the talk things. The all these talk tickers. Yeah, Neil, can you night. give us the old voice? What? <laughs> <laughs> Dang old talk
0: ticker tick nut used to be on a clock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Thank they you. did their takeover, we heard them out there in the studio
0: dancing. They were going
1: crazy. They I was were, like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> doing? We were doing a podcast in here. And the rest of them were out there just going after it, making all these TikToks. Now, our former TikTok intern ticks. Cassidy did do. She
0: did a, a a TikTok out on the set. There was a challenge <laughs> where they have this like box that moves, and you have to jump into the box before it goes away or something mm. like that. And so she did that on set. It wasn't under it, the Twila brand, though. Right. It's just her being funny. Uh, I have seen some. I, I think it's great. It's a great medium, and I know that it's um. Uh, they are doing a lot of you well, know informational stuff out there.
3: I mean, especially it's a good way to reach that younger generation yeah, about the sure. ag industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Sign me up. I just
1: don't know They, how. they don't. You're I hate to say
3: it, now. but we don't use Facebook. I mean, I still yeah. have a Facebook just to wish people happy birthday and so they know what I'm doing in my life whenever I decide to update them. <laughs> um, but other than that, I really don't use it.
0: I guess the, the generational divide for me is that it's easier for me to write something out very quickly and put it out there than do a video and then, like, look at it, make sure it's right, and then upload it and then put it on the media and then wait for, you know, whatever.
1: It's Yeah, it's, the other thing about that is, like, yes, we do video for a living, mm-hmm. but not with our iPhones. Right. So it's, like, it's a totally different game to make a TikTok than it is to go out and produce mm-hmm. the story like you did for the Sankofa. Yeah. So it's just finding ways I guess Brie you're gonna have to teach us all how, how to do that since
3: I will teach you my ways
1: and now it's it's you can say it's up to three minutes mhm well I mean that's my my Tofu piece was 256 so we just gotta get access to being three minutes how does that work you I got it um, oh you got it I got right. it well sweet yeah I'm so on, on it Twyla's episode the next week on
2: the uh, on ticker tick, on talker
1: Twyla's, Twyla's story is coming to, coming to TikTok near you mhm or a guest, or whatever yeah. you want to put on there. Who knows? Who knows? We'll learn. We can switch
2: from YouTube to
1: the The TikTok. <laughs> I, think,
0: <laughs>
2: well, I, gonna I go. think people
1: are
0: all using it. It's, it's just one of those no, things. No, we, we cannot gone. get away from YouTube. I was going thought Carl going to go, on. no. Not getting away from the, the tubes. All right. Well, <laughs> good. We've bridged the generational divide and talked about yeah, our stories. I think we? we've, we've covered we? Hey, I'm gonna get on TikTok. All so right, here we go. I, I've got an official invite. So because that's how it <laughs> works.
1: Yeah, I got. I'm. I'm getting kicked off, and you're getting right, invited I'm on getting that network. Yeah.
0: That Well, it makes sense. Gen X finally getting discovered. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for being here, and um, we will definitely be here next week. Come see us then. I'm Neil Malansoff. Thanks for joining us. Hey. If you can, subscribe to us on your
1: favorite place to get podcasts. Also, leave us a review wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, and let us know what you think about the show. Reviews are great, but sharing
0: is how you show that you're caring. So (laughs) bring your mother in, bring your sister in, share this podcast with them, let them know that you enjoy listening to the Twilight After Show.
2: And don't forget this podcast is produced by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture.